0: Sonic Fox handily defeats Goichi at Combo Breaker, but is it too early to start calling him the best in the Dragon Ball Fighter's business? And is it time for Street Fighter players to stop whining about their characters and start taking a more humble approach to their game? Plus, I had a special conversation with an FGC mom about what the community looks like from the outside. But not just any FGC mom. Guilty's mom. This is the Event Hubs Podcast. Perfect. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for our second episode ever. I am John Velociraptor Guerrero, and with me is my co-host, El Presidente, John Catalyst-Gray. And so you wanted to talk a little bit about the general perception of Street Fighter V and how a lot of people still kind of call it random, um, still kind of get like demoralized from the way it plays out. So do you want to go ahead and kick us off with that?
1: Yeah, um, I compare Street Fighter V to an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> the game is very much... Uh, the highs and lows, you feel it really hard when you're playing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get on a, like a run on someone and you make the correct reads every time and you just blow someone out of the water, you like you feel it and you're, and you're feeling great. And when that happens to you, you go down to the dark pit of despair. It's, it's really bad, you know, kind of thing. So um, a lot of people get hung up on that. Like they're like, you know, this game is random. It's so, you know, you, you can't control this stuff. And it's like a lot of that, in my opinion, comes down to the character that you play. If you're playing a character like Kami, uh, uh other characters like that, you've got a DP, but all of your normals and all of your defensive maneuvers are very stubby and hard to get off much of anything. And if you play a, a character that's a lot more defensive-based or a little bit more zoning-based, and uh, zoning in Street Fighter V is kind of a ha-ha, mm-hmm. uh, there's not a lot of zoning you know that you can do in here. You basically just need to get in and, and play a character like uh, Chun-Li, uh, Dalsim, Birdie, Guile, Juri, Karen, Colleen, Minot, uh, Nash, Old Zeku, those characters, they have a lot of ability to control the match a little bit more it's a kind of a lost art in Street Fighter V because so much of the game is rewarded on offense and it's, it's predicated on offense even with these zoning characters but if you're able to control a little bit more of the match and get an idea uh, of, of how to push the opponent out you feel a lot more in control of things in general, you know, and I, I don't know about you, like, have you, have you played a character in the game? Or have you talked to people about playing, you know, the style of character to kind of experience it? I know you play mainly Nikali, but uh, have you kind of ventured outside those waters?
0: You know, I, I really, I haven't personally. So I've I've really just played Nikali. I started with Ryu a little bit and, and dabbled in Fang when he was brand new, but really it's been Nikali for since like the latter half of day one, right? And so I, I can absolutely sympathize with the concept of, you feel like you're on a high and you're doing really well, you've figured something out, you've overcome a hurdle. And traditionally when that happens, like in Street Fighter Four, because that's my that's my only other real example, it's like, okay, you've gotten there, you've passed that benchmark and now you're ascended. In Street Fighter Four, like you wouldn't go back down really. But in Street Fighter Five you can have a great day or a great set and then turn around and, and the next time you play, it feels like everything is turned on its head. And so with Nikali specifically, I feel like that might be because he has to take, you know, a little more risk and, and there's Street mm-hmm. Fighter V comes down very much to a lot of 50-50 situations. Like, you know, like, right. am I going to wake up Jab or not? And if I do, then if they had their meaty, I'm I'm super dead. And if they didn't, well, then now the tide is turned in my favor. And those little tiny things make the game so volatile and so mm-hmm. easily turned on its head. So with a character like that, those kind of things happen all the time. There are other right. characters that can minimize those kinds of risks. You know, like characters that can approach safely with, like, or relatively safely like bison can get in your face with scissors right and then like even if you block it he's negative but he's not punishable right and you can still kind of scramble there or you know a cammy can do like an ex dive or, or rashid can do his spinning mixer um, and, and kind of do like forward movement without as much risk i don't think those characters feel it quite as much so you can mm-hmm. do it offensively but i think to what your point was the characters that can actually zone or actually have like a semblance of zoning which again in Street Fighter 5 is not the most popular thing it's not the most um, fruitful strategy traditionally we have seen characters evolve or, or new ones come out, relatively new, like Manat that really can thrive in that zoning approach. So you got, you know, your Guile, your Manat. It seems like Falk is falling into that territory. And yes, mm-hmm. also somewhat um, old Zeku, although we haven't seen a ton from him. So it's hard, like the jury, like you've said earlier, is, is a little bit out on him. But yeah, uh, I was actually, um, while at Combo Breaker, talking to, well, first I guess I should predicate it with it felt like a lot of the competitive scene was very demoralized and and that's mm-hmm. been something I've been hearing since just about the beginning of Street Fighter 5, but people will often say, you know, I, I don't really have fun playing this game, especially with 30th anniversary it was floating around at Combo Breaker, so people would say things like I'd really much rather be playing Third Strike. It's so much more fun. It's so much more rewarding and I mean th- there's there's certainly there's truth to that, but I think there's also a lot of, like, Street Fighter V's new. I'm not used to it like I'm used to other games. And, yes, the the lows of Street Fighter V are incredibly low. So... I was hearing that quite a bit. A lot of people saying that kind of a thing. And um, I was I was sitting at the bar and or in the in the bar area working. And Justin Wong walks by just after he had uh, qualified for top twenty four. I think it was he and Punk were together. And, uh, and he stopped by and we had a little conversation. I go, you know, Justin, it really feels like a lot of people are just playing this game because it's the game because there's money here, but they're not really having much fun. Do you have fun? He's like, Street Fighter Five is incredibly fun. And you know, I didn't even really like Street Fighter Four as much. Um, I, mm. He has more fun playing Street Fighter 5, and I said, well, why is that? And he said, well, I, I really have adopted this approach where, well, actually the opposite of approach, it's that I'm, I'm playing zoning, I'm playing defensively, I'm playing characters mm-hmm. like Monat, like Falk, where I'm waiting back and letting people come to me and then punishing their approach. And I go, well, okay, I, I can see that, because, I mean, I played a character like that in Street Fighter 4, so I'm, I'm, you know, fairly, fairly used to the satisfaction that comes with that kind of uh, gameplay, but I go, well, there's so many characters. Like, think about Urian's EX shoulder or Birdie's EX bull horn or whatever it is, you know, where he moves mm-hmm. forward and he's still safe. Rashid's spinning mixer moves like that, where these characters can just get up into your face essentially for free, and even if they're not at advantage all the time, they're still there. And then and then as a zoning character, you're close and it's like it feels like it negates the whole thing. And he goes, Well, you know, you need to be ready for those things it's like yes those are very strong they move characters forward and they get in your face for essentially for free right or just for like a bar of meter or something like that and then they get to play their street fighter 5 offensive rushdown game but you know that those things are coming like we've been playing this long right. enough that you are aware that one they're good two people are gonna rely on them and they're gonna do it so what you can do is you know be ready with a v-reversal or, or jump back or do a move that's going to, to counter that um, it's still on you to stop those things. And when you do that, it is incredibly fun and incredibly rewarding. Punk was there too, and he essentially, he didn't articulate it quite as much as Justin did, We he said, no, I still have fun playing Street Fighter Five, And he was incredibly salty. He had just lost, I think, um, and been eliminated from the tournament. Um, and he still had a, a positive thing to say. So it's interesting, but I think ultimately what we need to do is is stop just embracing the easy idea that this game's not fun because I'm not winning and it's not on me to figure it out. It's on, you know, it's because my character's bad or it's because the game sucks or whatever. It's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe it's not a perfect game. And yes, the lows are very low. We've all absolutely been there, but the game has a lot to offer. And to just completely write it all off because you're not having fun uh, when you lose... I mean, you're not going to grow, right? You're not going to grow if it's not your fault and it's not something that you need to change. So you need to see it as, as more like that, I
1: think, if you're feeling like this game just sucks or, or not play it, you know, you don't have to. <laughs> right, it's so demoralizing and usually things are demoralizing when you do not understand them. When you do not understand what is happening on screen, and and people just think like, oh, you know, well, I've been playing Street Fighter 4 since Street Fighter 4 or since Street Fighter 3 are for myself Street Fighter 2, you know, kind of thing. It's like you need to humble yourself a little bit and realize it's a brand new game. It's a brand new way of playing. And if you think you know a lot more than you do, the game is very humbling very quickly because it's like, oh, crap, I just got bodied. What the hell is going on? And one of the main things that I that I learned early on uh, from listening to the infiltration talk is actually understanding the meta in terms of reading people's timing because of Street Fighter V's priority system and how rewarding offense is, it's very beneficial to throw out a lot of heavy moves in this game and neutral and other things like that. That's very un-Street Fighter-like. Usually Street Fighter's like, I'm going to hit a bunch of medium buttons in neutral and you're not going to be able to punish it or do much of anything else unless you've got, like, you know, godlike with punish timing and, you know, some setup moves and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Street Fighter V is very different where you want to throw out a lot of heavy moves in neutral because if you get a crush counter, if you push the opponent back, if you do this or that, like, it's very rewarding for you at V-gauge, all that other kind of stuff, which you badly need. If your character does not have a good V-trigger, they probably suck, you know, kind of thing. Like, V-triggers are so dominant in this game. So there's a lot of reward for for doing that. And it's it's something Infiltration talked about from the very early on. He's like, hey, it's like, look, like, in an interview, he said, look for your opponent's timing. Get into their rhythm. Get into their head. And into this very day, you will hear people talk about that, like, oh, he's got to read on so-and-so's timing. Um, and actually, the person I think, uh, and who's probably the number one player right now, give or take, you know, it's a Tokido um, infiltration and then Mena RD, but I, I'm still going to call Mena RD the best. He just won Capcom Cup. He's still performing incredible, but his reads on people's timing, uh, the way he plays Birdie, people still don't have enough appreciation for him and what he does as a player because he gets reads on your timing and he understands when to do those bullhorns and other, other random things that people call quote-unquote random. You know, kind of thing is like, look he's still the only person doing that consistently with birdie and he's the only one getting in your face and just blowing you up for it kind of thing uh and just again watching him do the the dolphin dives on tokito who's just like <laughs> this master of timing and, and defense and other things and it's like yeah he blew him up multiple times with that so what i'm going back to here is understanding that meta understanding that street fighter 5 is such a very different Uh, Street Fighter game than we've ever played before and and starting to wrap your head around that and realizing like yeah offense is very skewed in this game but like Justin Wong like Punk if you can play a zonish type of character where you know the opponent's going for offense and you figure out ways of keeping them out all of a sudden, you've you've got a character. You've got a big advantage with that now. Uh, and again, it's it's a give or take here. The, the game is skewed towards offense, so playing defense is that much more difficult. But again, it's like it's like playing a top tier character versus playing a mid tier character. It's winning Evo with uh, with again, you know how uh, Cien did that and whatnot. It's you can take something that may not be as powerful that people perceive on paper, but if you master it, if you get it to a very high level, you've got a huge advantage over the competition, and you can do some amazing things with it.
0: Well, it, it is, I think, even more so than other games. Obviously, if you have reads, no matter what fighting game you're playing, you're going to win, you know, if you're perfect at reads, and, and no one, of course, is. But this game, I think, it, it emphasizes being able to read players, and I think that's the that's the broad answer or the, the the quick, you know, saying of what you just kind of described here. And, and yeah, Mena's very good with that kind of a thing, and Birdie is a character where the, uh, the risk-reward is such that um, it, it behooves him to to throw out those dolphin dives at those right times and things like that, and uh, and take those risks because you know he's minimized the the risk and and maximized the reward. So hats off to him for doing that. I, I know there's still a lot of salt about the way uh, Mena tends to play. <laughs> I was actually playing a veggie, or, or they pronounced it like more feggie or faggi or something like that. But anyways, a, a high level birdie player. I, I got to play him. Uh, he's from Norway, I believe, same as Phenom. And mm-hmm. um, and I brought that up because we were playing some sets, and he's like, "Yeah, but dude, what, like watching Mena play, it's just like it was. Dem- I I don't. I didn't like it." <laughs> And I'm like, no, you're a birdie player. What are you talking about? Why are you playing this character if you don't like that? But, but it very much is like, that's, that's kind of how you win at this game. Or that's, that's a big part of, of, or a very viable strategy
1: at this game. Again, it's, it's random ultras in Street Fighter Four were considered overpowered and broken and it and it's like okay it's not overpowered and broken just bait it and punish you know kind of thing uh, unless you're playing against Rufus then just bait it and then do nothing because he's probably safe but anyway that's besides the point Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, people are usually salty about things they don't understand and, and it was a long time for for people to adapt to Street Fighter 4 from Street Fighter 3 and be like well this game is you know for scrubs it hurt it for the longest time and like well you just do an option select to cover all every option and it's like mm-hmm. yeah that is a thing and it's an issue um, and it was a big issue with Street Fighter 4
0: safe FADC's things like that.
1: Yeah, I mean just it, but you you got used to it. You adjusted to what the game offered and what it didn't offer and it's it's a completely different flavor than Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. Um, I actually think Street Fighter 5 has more in common with Marvel than it does a traditional Street Fighter game because the zoning and the neutral which is kind of the staples of Street Fighter usually uh, are very different and again you would sit back there and throw out kind of like random pokes and other things like that just to kind of keep the opponent off guard uh, and now again you're trying to anticipate their timing and it's just it's a mind bender uh, especially if you're someone like me who's been playing Street Fighter for oh my goodness over 25 years now. It took me a while I had to break a lot of my habits and say like again I know a lot less than I think I do, you know, kind of thing. And I don't want to toot my own horn too much here. You know, 25 years of knowledge is not – you know, minuscule here. Right, right. I've been playing for a long time. Uh, and again, it, you have to be humble about this stuff. You have to take a step back and go, hey, you know what, let me learn the game. Uh, and one of the the perfect people actually for this example was um, 801 Strider, a very good Street Fighter 4 player, uh, went into Street Fighter 5 and thought, hey, I'm going to, you know, pick up right where I left off and be dominant. And he, he said flat out many times, uh, Look, I I was not playing Street Fighter Five. I was trying to play Street Fighter Four in it, and I was getting blown up because of it. It wasn't until I embraced the game where I started having success with it.
0: Yeah, makes total sense. And and uh, you know, playing in playing online, playing in tournament, and playing at lo- you know local casuals—all those different levels that call for different things—I uh, have to agree with him. You know, it it very much calls for a different approach in a lot of ways. And I think we have to stop or do what we can to to kind of identify that different is not synonymous with wrong or incorrect right. and but it's so hard when that also means that you're going to be in the midst of salt and the demoralizing loss and the guy that you perceive is not as good as you beating you uh where he shouldn't quote unquote so i mean like it's it's the game man it's it's here to stay it it does have a lot to offer it is fun it's fun to watch it's not perfect but like I think that we would be in a much better place if we had, like you've said, a much more humble approach to it. Take our salt. We're all going to feel it. That's part of fighting games. That's part of the allure of, of like, the high you get uh, out of winning and, you know, making the other guy salty and such. Uh, but but it really needs to be something that I think the community could benefit from uh, if they changed their tune a little bit uh, yeah. because it's here. So, yeah.
1: And again, I I do want to say this game is gonna make you salty as hell, you know kind of thing. Uh, I think you said a few times like you never really got salty with playing like Street Fighter Four that mm-hmm. much, but in this game, like you've you've checked your joystick, you know, like and been like, F this, you know, kind of thing, and tossed right. it over the side and all that. And I mean, it's it's this game will make you more salty than most, you know. It's it is geared to that, you know, kind of fashion and whatnot. But it maybe shouldn't be making you as salty as you are, you know, kind of thing. Like you, there's a certain amount of this that you kind of have to check and be like. Uh, I got to take a step back from this a little bit. So
0: absolutely. So, yeah. All right, so I wanted to uh, talk about, well, one of the biggest things that's going on in the FGC as of late, uh, the Combo Breaker, right? And mm-hmm. and um, so I, I got to go there and I got to experience it all. And, you know, I think we've we've kind of covered it, you know, all the things that kind of happen. There's a Cody reveal, and it was a really big, successful tournament and an event, and we had a, a lot that went along with it. But one of the things that I wanted to bring up is the uh, public perception of the growing FGC. We've seen the fighting game community on TV now. We've we've got TV shows. We've got streaming is growing in the public eye. More and more people are like, hey, I'll I'll watch a video game stream. That's kind of cool. And I've been going to major events since about, uh, I think Evo 2010 might have been my first one actually, but consistently since then. So for the better part of a decade, and I got to say going to Combo Breaker um, and it being one of probably the biggest, I'd say maybe three uh, yearly events, at least in the US, uh, the other being like Evo and CEO, um, so you know it's it's a good sample. I saw more uh, women there playing and participating than I ever have before. That's encouraging because that tells me that our reach is getting farther and our um, and how like inviting we are as a community to come like hey come play with us like this is for everybody. Um, it is is growing and, and leveling up. So that was encouraging, and then I remember walking towards top. Uh, I was going back to the venue to participate in top, I think ninety six or whatever. So I was kind of like just marching and wanted to get there in time, maybe play some casuals and such. But I was walking through one of the halls, and guilty was there, and she was sitting with this lady, and uh, I passed them by, but she she called my name. She's like, "Hey, John, John," and I so I took my headphones out and went back, and she's like, "This is my mom. Uh, she's this is her first tournament ever uh, that she's been to," but I had a, a brief little conversation with her, and. One of the the things that she said that stuck with me the most was that her perception. She goes, "My perception of what the FGC is was nothing like what I'm seeing when I'm actually attending this event live. These people are are regular human beings that are nice, that are inviting, that are willing yeah. to talk, that are willing to play. That, you know, that, that'll that'll have a legit conversation with you and be you know loving towards you. But her perception of the FGC before this was stream chats, was yeah. you know uh, YouTube." video comments was Uh, event hub comment section was our kappa (laughs) and we'll take it with the grain of salt that this is also guilty's mom so it's guilty's content or you know and and such And, and there's a lot of toxicity that follows her around um, you know, and that's been a thing for quite a while. And it's also her mom. So, you know, the love of a mom is going to get, you know, she, she's mm-hmm. she's going to bat for this person as her daughter. And she's seeing people say these mean and horrible things about her. Obviously, that's going to be her, her experience is going to be a little bit more heightened, and even a little more negative than the average person's. But I think the point still stands. We're growing. We're becoming this bigger thing. We're in front of more eyes that are not just like that. Don't wake up and say, "I'm going to play fighting games today," but that stumble across us. And and first impressions are so important. And we're putting out there a lot of times. Our first foot is, you know, the way we conduct ourselves in stream chats to people, or the way we conduct ourselves in comment sections. And and everyone that's been in the FGC for more than 20 minutes knows that that's like those are some really horrific things. And I don't know. I, it, I don't necessarily have a solution beyond, um, like you said, quoting Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. But, you know, I don't think that that's going to cause the people that are really, you know, causing the problems to actually turn around, you know, turn a new leaf and, and be kind and inviting to people. But I think yeah. that we're being misrepresented a lot on, on social media and, 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 you know, on the internet and things like that because of how we conduct ourselves in those avenues
1: online society is so toxic to begin with and we do need more accountability and other things but i I get why people are like well hey i want the freedom to to say what i want to say you know it's on my mind i want to make jokes about the stuff i hate being so politically correct all the time and i i get it i just i don't agree with that opinion you know kind of thing it's like look if you have something really freaking nasty to say don't say it if Anything you have to say is just, like, that horrific. Like, just don't type it. Figure out another way of channeling your anger, your frustration, whatever you have going on in your life, into another healthy outlet. Because that, that is still not healthy for you. And I'm trying to play devil's advocate here and, and say what people will typically say, like, you know, like, hey, uh, you know, this is the FGC. We're grassroots. You know, like, we got to keep it on, the you know, the level. This is how we talk and other things like that. It's like, look, like, you might talk, like, maybe in your circle of friends or things like that. But as you say, like, I don't see that stuff at tournaments. Um, we do have incidents come up every now and again at tournaments, but those are very few and far between. It's generally, as, a, as you say, it's a pretty welcoming and good environment. Most people are like, hey, like, you know, I'm really struggling with this matchup. Like, do you have any advice for me? Or, you know, can we run casuals or can we do this or that? And like most people are like, hell yeah, dude, like let's set this up and whatnot. And it's like even people that I barely know that I run into at tournaments, they're like, it's my long-lost friend that I haven't seen for, you know, 10 years and whatnot. They're like, Catalyst, and I'm like, hey, you know, Ted, you know, stuff like that. Like, you're you're hanging out with someone. It's it's very much a family and warm environment at most tournaments. It's very awesome and very much unlike what you see online. I, I just really go back to more accountability. On Event Hubs, I, I don't want to toot our own horn here well, a little we, bit, we but do we do regulate, a, right? Yeah, we we re- regulate. We have something called a comment history. We have where you can you know get a thumbs up, thumbs down. If you're you know too much of a jerk, we check that stuff out. We try to ban people. We're not super incredibly active about everything because we have other stuff we have to tackle, um, but we do try to channel a lot of the racist and other things like that. If you if you do anything racist or anything, we usually ban you right on the spot. You know, like we do try to channel that stuff, but even then, we have problems there. And and you know,
0: there has been a lot of. Problem- progress even on that front i was talking to uh, on the on the night we got in uh, via pulled up we were going to go out and get some food and via pulled up so uh, Mar- born free and i and via had this little conversation and we talked about a, about a million different things but one of the things was like the fgc has come a long way from that you know like street fighter cabinet in a laundromat grassroots kind of like ragtag style like there's still some some aspects of that and some positive aspects from that but like the FGC used to be a lot more racist like openly right like you were were free to to say things and like our society has moved past that in a lot of ways where well I don't want to say past it but like we've moved to a point where like it's so bad to do that that a lot of people have abandoned it or at least Mm -hmm. like not done it publicly and so you're not going to see as much of something like that which it's like well good that's progress you know that's 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 movement in the right direction and, and I think that, yes, there, there are ways to regulate, you know, like comment sections and stream chats. And, and, uh, we were talking about this a little bit on best of five. We were saying, you know, there there's, what is it like the bots that can kind of regulate stream chats and those are those are there and they kind of do a, an OK job. But I think as we continue to grow and we've seen that we're growing, there's more money floating around and there's more suits uh, putting putting money forward and having their eyes on us. And, and with that, you're going to eventually be able to hire more people to regulate those kind of things, you know, maybe police right. a little more closely. Um, right. And and I think that as we continue to grow, maybe that's a problem that will will be dealt with on a on a more strict level. And I think that'll be a good thing overall. A little more regulation in that avenue in particular would be a very good thing. Uh, we our our reach is getting bigger, and and I think we are on a good track. But I think we could accelerate that process if more people just acknowledged that, like, you know, they'll the, have the be excellent to each other philosophy. And I know it's really mm-hmm. broad and like, yeah, well, you can be a little more detailed and nuanced than that. But, you know, for the sake of time, be excellent to each other, guys. And, and yeah. let's make this a community that can continue to grow and thrive and, and like makes the growing process, you know, expedites it and makes it faster and such. And let, let's, mm-hmm. let's reach those benchmarks quicker because we're being more mindful of how we're conducting ourselves.
1: It's, I'm teaching my 10 year old son how to play Street Fighter, and uh, I he's playing Fortnite a little bit right now, uh, quite a bit, I should say. What a traitor, Uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, but he he sometimes runs across some people that are like really intense or other things like that, and I'm like, dude, like you need to mute them, you need to get away from them, whatnot. You don't want to be brought down to their level, Mm -hmm. like have fun with the game, enjoy the game, that's what it's there for, but. there's a, there's a lot of toxicity online. I mean, that's that's not news to anyone. And it, it's just figuring out how to channel that away from what we want to do to grow and what we want to be as the fighting game community and what we want to be as fighting games. You know, mm-hmm. not everyone's going to agree with that. You know, people are like, well, no, we want that. You know, this is, we've got to stay this way. It's like, you know, hey, go off, branch off and make, you know, your own stuff from that or be whatever that is you know kind of thing but there's no room there's no reason to be assholes to everyone you know kind of thing why do that why bring that much negativity into your own life into other people's lives you know kind of thing it's just you don't need that other people don't need that there's plenty of that out there let's make the fighting game community better than it is right now
0: absolutely Getting more into the out of the philosophy and more into the actual happenings at Combo Breaker, we had a very interesting turn of events with uh, essentially the god of Dragon Ball fighters, Goichi, ultimately losing to Sonic Fox in Grand Finals. And I know you wanted to talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, uh, one of the main things that stood out to me was how incredibly convincing Sonic Fox's win over Goichi is. And I want to be very clear here that Goichi is still hands down the best Dragon Ball Fighters player right now. I, it's not even close. His, his dominant reign right now is not on the level of what we've seen with Infiltration and Chris G and other games, uh, R-Zero and Smash 4 for that matter. Um, but it was building towards that kind of Wow, you know, it's a type factor. Uh, and the fact that Sonic Fox came in and and beat him convincingly, it wasn't any kind of fluke. It wasn't like super close, you know, kind of thing. they were competitive, but it wasn't that close. Um, was just like so eye opening, and and I just I have to take my head off to to Sonic Fox with this. It just it was so incredible um, to watch him do that. Now, now granted, it's still uh, like I think about like five games to one, like our you know five sets to one. Well, with and, and the still ones on that
0: Goichi won were like first to ten sets and stuff, and he he yes. bodied, you know Sonic Fox there. So so yeah, uh, it's still uh, you know the the record is in his favor, but there was uh, an, an evolution in Sonic Fox's play, and and he showed that as he's done before that he can adapt. And one of the other things that I have to point out is that this was in not an NRS game. Uh, this was not in Skullgirls. You know, this is not in early MVCI. This was in Dragon Ball Fighters, And we're, you know, a good six, seven months or, well, five months or so into the game. Uh, it, it's it's like this is pretty legit at this point. And, um, you know, a lot of us have wanted to say <laughs> that Sonic Fox is like, well, he's he does really good in games that are not as competitive. Well, Dragon Ball Fighters is international territory for sure, and we're talking about Goichi, who's who's no small name, um, and he's you know, on the world scale, and he, he figured out a way to beat him on you know perhaps the biggest Dragon Ball Fighter stage yet. So you know you got to take your as you said your your hat off, your furry head off, and uh, <laughs> acknowledge that the guy knows what he's doing.
1: I, I mean. Dragon Ball Fighters is the number one game right now. Uh, I want to make that really clear um, in tournaments like this is usually the top Entrant game. Uh, it's beating Street Fighter 5. It's beating most of the games combo breaker was a premier event um, Dragon Ball Fighters does not have any kind of tournament series um, And I think it still beat Street Fighter 5 by like a hundred 120 entrants it, or what it did
0: have a lot of um, A lot of people that didn't show up in the brackets. Uh, there okay. were a good okay maybe uh, like three or four on average um, f- from what I heard at least on day one of people that didn't show up for pools because a registration opened up and it, it, you know, I, mean, there, I think a lot more people were on the initial hype wave not to take anything gotcha. away it still did right. have more entrance right. um, and and Evo boasts that there are still more entrance for it we'll see what happens um, going forward but yes it is getting an immense amount of attention it is you know it, it's like the highest tracking I think game right now so, so that's still true but take it with a little bit of a grain of salt that there were a lot of DQs in
1: the break. Fair enough. Um, So this is the first game that that Sonic Fox that I've seen him dominate where this is like the upper echelon of of games, you know, kind of thing, hey, no offense to the NRS games, they're great games, the skill level right on par with anything else, but the number of entrants, it's just, it's a simple fact that if you've got to make your way through a a bracket with 5,000 people uh, that's in it, you know, collectively, uh, versus a bracket that has 200 or 300 people, that bracket with 5,000 people is going to be quite a bit harder because you've got to play that many more matches to get to grand finals uh, and put it up there. This is Sonic Fox winning for the first time and, and one of the most competitive games in the scene, you know, kind of thing. And Justice Two did have its moments. Uh, Mortal Kombat X did have its moments, but those games have never been on top consistently like Dragon Ball Fighters is right now. And so the fact that we're seeing this, and, and again, it's just uh, this is over uh, players like Chris G. Dogara who are really making their names for themselves. Like it's it's quite impressive. And mm-hmm. one of the things actually I, I did want to talk about too with Goichi is just how efficient this guy is with his, his meter usage and whatnot. He would uh, get four bars and just keep DHing into his characters and draining like fifty to sixty percent of your life just to, to take out one of your characters. And, and just how often he would use sparking at the beginning of matches just to save his team and build it back up because I'm used to X-Factor and Marvel mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, you save it for the last character or maybe you use it on, you know, like if you get a happy birthday or something like that, like you pop it. But the whole way the game is structured is very intelligent in terms of like using their mechanics throughout the match. Like you can save it for the end, you can use it at the beginning, um, how efficient and smart Goichi is and the level that he's at. And like, we've got highlights all over our website of him blocking for like 30 seconds straight Damn. like in every Everyone's raving about this guy and so again, beating him is a very big deal. It's I, I just have to give Sonic Fox so many props here. I honestly did not think he was capable of doing this uh, and so I'll, I'll eat some crow here and just say like you know <laughs> again take my, my head off to him and say that was one of the more impressive things I've seen in recent memory.
0: Absolutely. Now, now that we've gotten that out of the way, I do want to play a little bit of a devil's advocate and at least entertain the idea, could it be that Sonic Fox came forward with kind of a new wonky team? We don't see a ton of like Go Tanks, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and first of all, this is to his credit that he would even be able to do this by itself but come up with some some crazy approaches, some crazy 50-50s that Goichi simply wasn't ready for, wasn't able to adapt to on the fly um, efficiently enough to win. And so it's like, well, now Goichi can take that information, go back, watch the tapes, figure out a counter to that. And it's like, was this kind of like a one trick kind of a thing for Sonic Fox to do? Or will he be able to consistently give Goichi this much trouble?
1: So... My argument against that is Sonic Fox's history in fighting games is that he picks these wonky characters and just makes them amazing. Yeah, uh, I remember when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out in Injustice 2, a bunch of people thought, ah, these characters are pretty much worthless. And then I think it was uh, like the next week, he took like Michelangelo, I think it was, who people were claiming was like complete low tier garbage, and he took them all the way and won the tournament with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sonic Fox does have a very large history here of taking these very uh, under the radar characters and making making them incredible. Now, he has this unbelievable skill set that I wish I had, you know, kind of thing to be able to do that. At the same time, his history is on his side in that regard. Uh, So I do think he has a shot of of picking this up and maintaining it. Um, And he has been one of the best Dragon Ball fighters players to date.
0: Mm-hmm. So now if uh so now if the rematch happens like uh, whatever at the next big event you know like CEO or Northwest Major or something say these guys meet again Goichi has had some time to like I said go back over the tapes and you were going to put your money on one of the other who would you put your money on
1: Oh damn you Yeah <laughs> I actually at this point in time watching Combo Breaker if if the tournament is coming up in the next couple weeks let's say I would put it on Sonic Fox Uh, I do not think that Goichi has enough time to adapt to what he's done. Uh, I think Goichi is very well trained against a certain methodology and approach, and I think Sonic Fox is a a meta-buster in terms of how he plays and how he approaches these games is very fundamentally different than a lot of players. And it's one thing to say, okay, he's doing this, it's quite another to actually be able to adjust to it and get there. Um, I don't think Goichi has enough time if the tournament's a couple weeks out. If it's a couple months out, like, you know, let's say like three or four or five months from now, I think that Goichi, I don't know, I probably put that more as 50 50 right now. But I, I actually think Sonic Fox has the edge in the short term.
0: I see. Uh, if, if I were to answer that, I would still put my money on Goichi. I feel like Goichi is more of a seasoned player and probably fundamentally more sound. Um, and and I do think that a lot of this could be uh, because Sonic Fox hit him with something that he wasn't quite ready for but it's something that he could adjust to figure out and then if Sonic Fox doesn't have that surprise you know weapon in his back pocket I think that it tilts back in favor of Goichi now that will uh, like I was kinda getting at earlier be answered as you know we as things progress as they meet again in tournament and the results will will tell us the actual answer to that but that's kinda where I'm still at like Again, mm-hmm. not taking away credit from Sonic Fox and I like that you call him like a, a meta buster. I, I think that's a, a good name for him and he's proven time and time again that he has these abilities. But again, to like to dethrone Goichi is one thing, but to dethrone him consistently and then to like kinda take his spot is I think a whole other thing. And you know, there, there's actually I, I think a, a healthy, maybe like top three, potentially top four, but I, I do think I would put Chris G kinda outside of the, the top three tier. Mm-hmm. Um, of of dogra Sonic Fox, and Goichi right now, but I, I am very excited to see this this change um, so close to Summit right, which is coming up, and because. Up until this point, it was like, well, Goichi's gonna win, and we're gonna just see who maybe gets second place. Is it gonna be Dogra? Is it gonna be Sonic Fox? Maybe you know Chris G. or Leffen will surprise us. But now it's well, anything could happen. Goichi still maybe be a favorite, but you know you don't know he's gonna—he's not a, a shoe in for for perfect, you know, for for victory. And that's gonna make things a little more exciting. Um, and and I do think that the the top tier of the Dragon Ball fighters competitive scene is continually changing around and evolving. And I think that's worth kind of maybe talking about a little bit.
1: Uh, you did mention Chris G. I, I wanted to go back to that real quick because people view him as such, you know, the, the god of Marvel. And, and he was, you know, I mean, he was hands down the most most consistent and dominant player in that game. People tend to forget that it took him a while to get up to that point. He's not traditionally a player that jumps into a game and it's just incredibly, incredibly dominant and... and Incredible, you know to Yeah, he's start not with. like
0: a Justin Wong or, or a Sonic Fox, right? Where they just pick yes. it up, figure out the broken stuff, and go. Chris G is more of a methodical. Like it takes him a yeah. second to uh, to catch that, but when he does holy crap.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's the marathon runner, and I am seeing right now the early signs of him becoming incredible in Dragon Ball FighterZ. Uh, he uses trunks of all, all characters, which very few people use outside of the, the States, mm-hmm. and he's starting to figure out some things here that are, like, looking really sick, and it's like, ooh, like, this guy is getting really good very quickly. It, it's hard to say, you know, some players, they they, they dominate in their, their one game, they're just incredible with it, and then they kind of, like, you know, taper out quite a bit. Uh, with Chris G, it, it does look like he has the ability to dominate very consistently in these these verse-type games like Dragon Ball Fighters, And uh, I, he's someone to keep their eye on. I, I agree with you. I don't think he's in like the top tier just yet, but I think he's right on the precipice of being there. And I wouldn't even be shocked in another week or two or a month or however long, like, if he's there. Uh, because the skill I'm seeing this guy gain at a short period of time and the way he's approaching this game again it's uh he's another one of those meta busters just like like sonic fox where i'm gonna play the game in my own way and i'm going to learn to dominate and and Put this out there, uh, and then that's where everyone else will start copying him. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's that's what the FGC is. It's a follow the leader, you know, kind of thing. And like, oh, hey, you know, you're doing really well with that. Well, let me see if I can copy that. You know, type yeah. thing. It's uh, it's much like uh, of we, what we actually saw with uh, infiltration uh, with Jury and Top Eight. Now, people are not copying him and playing that character, but uh, they are definitely copying him with playing Manat. Uh, uh, Goichi, of course, was playing Manat as well. It's it's so traditionally what the fighting game community is. It's like. Let's it's, let's see what the cheap stuff is, and let's see what the pros are doing, and just let me like go to that, and it it creates such a, a sheep mentality. Nicolee aside, not you know. Uh, uh-huh. Anyway, um, that's water yeah. sheep. That's a yeah, that's, that's water sheep. But uh, it, it's people are so afraid to try their own thing. They're so afraid to go out there and, and look at a character that might actually be very, very good, that's flying beneath the radar, because they just want to get on the cheap stuff and go for it. And even the pros have issues with this as well. How many people are flocking to Cammy right now? You mm-hmm. know, kind of thing. And again, there's nothing wrong with it. I get it. You're a professional player. You want to use the best character in the game. I think Cammy's the best. You know, she's not whatever. But you I get why people do that, but history does show the people who venture out and create their own meta, their their own style, they have a lot of success. And typically, I, again, I, it's the eyeball test, so I don't want to say they have more or less, but there's very much a niche that gets established there. And if you're able to bring your own flavors to the table, it's people are not able to counter them so quickly. Um, and again, it's like we saw with Infiltration with Jury and Top 8, a lot of players were not prepared for that character. And all of a sudden, he's busting her out and doing very well with her. Uh, jury is kind of a mixed bag on on how many people think she's good. Are or, or good is probably an overstatement. Maybe mid tier, uh, somewhere around there, uh, or crap tier. You know, wherever she falls at. But there's a lot to finding your own way in these games finding something that you think is good and sticking with it And I wish more people would would branch out there and do it There is a history of success all over you just you don't have to look far to see that And and again, people are just too afraid to do it, but I actually wanted to turn this over to you I I know you talked with a, a few jury players at combo breaker. What were your experiences there? Well, you know, I I don't think that jury's
0: as bad as people say I think she's very much part of the viable tier Um, I don't think she's a Kami or an Akuma or something like that. But I I guess the best way to to, to go about it, and I'll I'll actually ask you this question to, to kick this off, is what are her weaknesses?
1: Jury really has to space herself out to get resources and become good like again she's got to back up and get her stuff charged up uh when she's got all of her things charged up she's very good but for her to get in that kind of position it's not necessarily that easy and then she's got the classic street fighter 5 disease where she can get rushed down pretty darn well uh she can zone okay you know when she's got the resources but yeah those mm-hmm. are the main things that she struggles with
0: yeah so yeah and i i think that what it comes down to is We've seen this uh, many, many times, especially with DLC characters, and we've talked about this before, where it's a new character so people aren't fluent with them and so they lose with them and so then of course it's not my fault, it's the character and so they, mm-hmm. they are very quick to call the character bad and then abandon it and then it just gets labeled away in the bad character file and then that's where it stays until someone like Infiltration comes along and shows you that, oh no, this character had a lot more potential, you just quit early because you yep. know you don't have the discipline or, or the want or the the drive to, to push through that. I was sitting down with and playing casuals with uh, Shin Chang The very good player uh, from Texas, and and he used to play in a calling. Now he plays jury exclusively. And, uh the the first time we played he he kind of just bodied me it was like three0 maybe three one but it was very much in his favor and so I sat down uh and said you know Shihinchang what's what is what are jury's weaknesses because it really feels like to me like again while she's not maybe top tier she has a, a, a wake up DP her normals are pretty good her damage output like she has to do a lot of moves her combos are fairly long but she she has the damage output she has the rush down um it seems like she has the tools she needs to like thrive just like anybody else again not head of the class but she can get the job done and he goes you know i i don't i don't feel like she has glaring weaknesses i think that she's technical She's hard to play. You have to store store these you know these moves and like hold these buttons and then be able to like you know train your fingers to you know hold this and let this go at a certain time and do this and this and and you know compared to like someone like Nikali where I'm gonna press Roundhouse a lot of times because it's good right and obviously Mm -hmm. that's an oversimplification but there are a lot of easier characters and a lot of easier means to damage in this game and Jury is a character where you have to put a lot of time in just to get kind of those basic things but once you do. I think her potential is really good and and it felt like Shin was was sharing that same sentiment and and then sure enough we see you know infiltration doesn't make it into top eight playing jury he usually just has his jury to counter like the i think it's the Rashid matchup right but even then he's beating you know like Kun and oil king and company with jury and you go this is the kind of guy that's going to put the work in and and it's going to get the job done like this and and so ultimately i think that jury being maybe one of the the prime examples right now, but I think there are a lot of characters that people will write off as not good because they are harder to figure out Um, you might say the the similar for like Falk at least Mm -hmm. you know the way people are like no she's total ass and it was like it was 20 minutes after she was released how could you possibly know that and like maybe she's not amazing but we saw Justin Wong take her to to like Canada Cup and do extremely well much Mm -hmm. better than what I think the popular general social sentiment would say that she was capable of and it's like yeah because he spent 10 minutes in training mode instead of just spending you know going straight into ranked getting your butt you know your ass beat and then and then all of a sudden saying well yeah it's the character Fault, and so uh, I think it also goes back to that kind of like more humble mentality. Give it some time, uh, analyze, focus on what the character can do as opposed to what the character can't do. Uh, mm-hmm. Play it to the character's strengths if you can, and then like give it the benefit of the doubt, and give it the benefit of the doubt for long enough that you know that that you've given it ample time to say, yeah, I've I've explored every avenue before I'm going to say that this character sucks.
1: One of the things about this is. Okay, let's say you're, you're playing in tournament and whatnot, and you run across a jury, jury player. Mm-hmm. Where have you gotten high level jury experience yeah. at? Like, where have you played this character? Because guess what? Like, you probably haven't, you know, kind of thing. Unless your friends with Shin Chang or infiltration, you you don't know what this character can do at the highest of levels, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And that will take you a long way in tournament. And yeah, it's again it, infiltration is mainly using Monot, you know, kind of thing in tournament, and that's his main character, and that's fine. But he's still playing jury where the situation calls for it, you know, and it's it's still a very good uh little ace up his sleeve that he's got. And again, it's uh, one of the things that I I really struggled with because I played Bison before I played Minot. The moment Minot got uh, announced, I was like, "This is is my character," you know, kind of thing. Mm Rose's disciple. I'm definitely playing her. But um, (laughs) I was playing Bison, and Bison's a you know very good character uh, since season two onwards. He's not a technical character by any means, you know, but he also does not have a lot of options in front of him. And when you're playing against someone like over and over again. You start to hit a wall, and you're like, okay, what can I do here besides hit the button really harder? You know, kind of thing. Like, <laughs> I'm going to just, uh, you know. I think that works it, with Psycho Axe, by the way, yeah, but most yeah, of the time, does, no. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, a freaking, uh, uh, what is it, EX Devils Reverse, you know, kind of thing. Like, and it, just activating his V-Trigger 1 and going crazy with it, it's very effective, you know. Um but you start to hit walls and you're like, what can I do with this character? And it's like they're so linear with their playstyle. And for certain players, like if you really understand how to play a rushdown character, if you really have your head wrapped around it, you know that adjusting your timing and doing something a little bit like random and crazy will throw the opponent off and be able to allow you to get in and do that kind of stuff. But there are not that many players that are that gifted playing straight up rushdown you know, kind of thing. And just, like, I only rush down with this character type thing. Um, And most of the players that play Street Fighter, they play a little bit more of the zoning, they play a little bit more of that, you know, kind of nature and whatnot. And and they hit the wall, you know, kind of thing. And it goes back to what we were talking about initially. It's like, look, you need to find other characters in this game and play them and really try to experience what they do well, you know, kind of thing. There are so many advantages that people are leaving on the table when they're not just kind of branching out and they're just playing follow the leader. I'm going to play Cammy because everyone's playing cammy she's the best character it's like okay that's fine but guess what you've got all these other negatives that you're bringing in now and you're going to hit the wall big time with this stuff
0: mm-hmm. and and you know what i think one of the good things about the way that our the you know, top level competition has evolved there are so many good players right now right i mean the the competitive scene i think is bigger than it ever has been and that makes total sense but the good news is that even if the people are playing this follow the leader kind of mentality there are plenty of leaders to follow and we're seeing that with like infiltration bringing out jury justin wong bringing out uh uh falk they're making these characters viable and i think that's very important because whether you you know agree or, or whether it's a good thing or not that follow the leader mentality is going to be there but if we have people inspiring other people that's all we can ask for so i think that's about as much time as we want to uh <laughs> to vote to this today yeah. but i think that uh <laughs> Yeah, plenty to think about though. Um, I, I guess the 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 theme is kind of you know be aware of yourself. You know whether it's it's how you conduct yourself and, and and represent the fighting game community to everybody else, or how you're going about your own practices and the way you're training and the way you're perceiving mm-hmm. your games and your character and your own performance, things like that. But like you know just just give yourself the benefit of the doubt and give the give the uh, you know the situation the benefit of the doubt, because you yes. probably aren't seeing everything perfectly, and that's okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 You want to, you always want to play to your strengths. Like, you, everyone's got weaknesses. I don't care how good you are. Uh, Justin Wong's execution is not that great. Uh, He still plays Manat, who's one of the most technical characters in the game and demands high, high levels of execution. And yet he's producing with that character. He is doing very well with that character. And so play to your strengths, play to what you do very well. Uh, Try to overcome some of your weaknesses, try to, you know, smooth those out and whatnot. But it's okay to have weaknesses. Everyone's got him. Infiltration's got him. Koichi's got him. Sonic Fox has got him. Everyone has their problems. Like, just try to, you know, move forward past that and stick with something that you think is good and you're having fun with because it's going to lead you to a good spot. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap us up for this episode of the Event Hubs podcast. Uh, we appreciate it like very much if you guys would go on uh, Apple iTunes and leave a review for the podcast. Uh, it helps us out a ton and helps ensure that we can do this each and every week. Uh, we're going to keep at it one way or another. But you know, if you go on there and do it, like we'd, we'd appreciate it a ton.
0: <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.